He always seems to get involved, doesn't he? I'm telling you, too many coconuts have hit him right on top and of the And we're live. Welcome, everybody, here to this live edition of the Infinity Award Show here on a Thursday rather than the usual Tuesdays. Appreciate everybody being as, as flexible with these things as you have been. Obviously, the, this time of year, you never really know who is going to be doing what. Um, as I was recording, literally, right when I hit record, uh, the Lakers emailed me personally to tell me that they have just signed LeBron James to an extension. Uh, those who follow me at Anthony Irwin in LA will know that that is, of course, a bit some, although it is really funny when people take that as, you know, me being serious, that this is something that uh, the Lakers reach out to me specifically about. But yeah, I got that email from the Lakers. Uh, really appreciate them. Uh, making sure to let me know when these things are coming. Um, I just added Aaron to the conversation. Uh, the reason we are all getting together is because of the extension that LeBron just signed. What that means for uh, the Lakers moving forward this offseason, what this means for their relationship with LeBron, what this means for the chances that they trade Russell Westbrook, what this might do to the offers in return for Russell Westbrook. Um, there's a ton to get to here. And if we have a little bit of time on the back end, We've never really done a Q&A session here, and I think we're going to try that out. Again, time permitting. Uh, so yeah, Aaron, I'm just going to start by uh, just kind of reading uh, some quotes here from the release. Uh, quote, LeBron is a generational basketball player who has proven to be even more impactful as a human being. This is from Rob Polinka. We are thrilled to continue our partnership with him, ensuring he's a driving force of Lakers culture for years to come. The Lakers platform has proved again and again to be an ideal place for the game's all-time greats to thrive and achieve. We are thankful LeBron has experienced the power of that with his transcendent talent, unrivaled passion, and dedication to causing powerful change in our society. LeBron continues to submit his legacy in Los Angeles and around the globe, end quote. No alchemist quotes there from Rob Polink, unfortunately. So, Aaron, uh, yeah, what, 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 do you, what do you make of this? This was something that you and I have talked about uh, pretty extensively, and the Lakers have felt really confident that this would get done sooner uh, rather than later. Yeah, I think this is basically just good news all around because it can signal one of two things or maybe both of these things. I, you have said you didn't think he was going to do it until he liked the – the direction that the roster and organization was going. Um, I pushed back against that and said, this was always coming, but maybe, maybe he signed it or uh, well signed it today, but agreed yesterday or the day before because, uh, because maybe some changes coming that he likes. But even if that isn't the case, it's still good news because it reaffirms his commitment as, as Rob says, and it puts to bed all of those. Uh, what about Cleveland? It puts to bed the uh, LeBron is at odds with, which has always been nonsense, but LeBron slash Clutch is at odds with Rob, is at odds with Genie, all of that. So it just kind of puts that away. And it is, I talked about this uh, yesterday with Raj on I Love Basketball. It removes, it, it reminds me, it reminds me of college football, right? When you're recruiting somebody in college football, you, you can, there's positive recruitment. Hey, come here because we've won the last conference championship or we play this style that will work for you or we get guys to the NFL. 
Uh, but there's also negative recruiting, which is don't go to that place for whatever reason. And one of the main things that coaches use against other schools is you don't want to go there because that coach is probably leaving. You don't know what it's going to look like a year from now, two years from now, three years from now. And I think in the Lakers negotiations throughout the league and their positioning throughout the league, this has removed that one thing that could be held against them, right? Like in trade negotiations, in free agent negotiations, all of that, this just takes that one uh, leverage chip away from anybody that the Lakers are dealing with around the league. Yeah, that is that was actually the key takeaway from this as it pertains to what this might mean moving forward. I do want to kind of backtrack because you, you called it nonsense that the Lakers were ever at odds with with LeBron. I'm sorry, man. I watched the second half of that season. <laughs> like, I, I saw the I saw him saying that he enjoyed Les Need's shirt. I saw him complimenting Sam Presti's work in OKC. I saw him complimenting what was going on in Cleveland. I saw the way that he was kind of talking about the roster that he was playing with last year. Like this notion that everything was always hunky dory with the Lakers. There was a lot of smoke sure. there, and like the, the no, notion yeah, okay. that it was just me, like me... dust that kicked up because somebody moved a piano. I, I just don't see that. Okay, okay. So you're you're correct. Let me rephrase. Uh, he was LeBron was absolutely frustrated with last season and frustrated with um, the way last season went the roster, all of that. Yeah. And, and you're right. He did, he did kick up some dust uh, at, to, to advocate for, for some movement at the All-Star uh, game or the All-Star weekend break. My point was at odds with the organization, like he was done with them, like he wanted to go somewhere else, like he was looking for something different. Yeah. That part, that, like that he had, he had reached his breaking point with the organization. Yeah. That part, that part is nonsense. But yes, you're right that there, there were some little dust-ups and frustrations. Yes, you are correct about yeah, that. Yeah, we can always kind of discuss semantics and scale to which he was upset. Like that's, that's, per, that's perfectly fine. But like, because I, I, I got this a lot. Basically, he had a press conference where he said he wanted to retire with the Lakers. And a lot of the people who maybe didn't want to acknowledge any tension between the Lakers and LeBron slash clutch, however you want to define it. Like they took that as see, see, we told you nothing was going on. And I just, I'm sorry, guys, <laughs> I have eyes, I have ears. I have a text chain from, from people who were saying like, yeah, it's a little awkward. <laughs> it's not the best. Uh, so yeah, I <laughs> no, it was, no, it was, it was awkward, but the part of it, it that got overblown was that, it was something other than awkward. Like there was some finality to yeah. it. Like LeBron was done with the Lakers or Rob or Jeannie or that there was this nonsense that Rob, or excuse me, that, that LeBron and Jeannie like don't get along, which is just utter nonsense. So all of that stuff became overblown. I understand it's the Lakers, it's LeBron, but you're right. I miss, I, 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 I misspoke. You are correct that, you know, there was some frustrations and there, there was some awkwardness and some tense moments. Uh, but it never got to a level where there was any outcome other than this was going to happen. It'd be a way worse thing if there wasn't any tension last year, right? <laughs> like if there was nothing, if everybody was fine with how last season went, I'd be a lot more upset than I was ever hearing about. Yeah, people are pissed. Last year sucked. Like, yes, I was there. I I I experienced it as well. Um, I wanna. I want to shift though to i want to shift our focus to moving forward now after this thing gets done it gets done before the lakers have come to terms with any kind of a trade 
Um, one thing that's worth pointing out that I was remiss in not pointing it out when Harris and I talked about this was that, uh, you know, those guys who were traded to Utah in the Minneapolis or in the, uh, in the Minnesota deal, uh, those guys cannot be moved until the end of August. So Correct. that is a, that is a factor here when we're talking about options that the Lakers have, it wouldn't make sense for the Lakers to make any kind of a trade until all of their options are on the table. So I think that's worth pointing out as well. Um, but, you know, like you mentioned, the idea that other teams could kind of hold it over the Lakers in these negotiations, hey, you have to get a trade done here. You have to get something done or you risk losing LeBron at the end of this upcoming season or you risk LeBron not extending and allowing the tension from the lack of that uh, extension hanging over the season. That is now out the window. Now, I, is there any way to really chart how tangibly that affects these negotiations? Obviously not, but that is a conversation piece that can no longer be brought up anymore. And I think as the Lakers are, are moving closer and closer to a deal here, whether that's the Kyrie deal, whether that's the Indiana deal, whether, whether it's the, uh, Utah deal, whether it's some combination of those things, you know, we can we can discuss what we would prefer from those routes um, whenever we get to it. But I think the biggest the biggest takeaway here, aside from yeah, it's really good that the Lakers have LeBron James on in their organization, um, unless you're Bill Plasky and you disagree with that. But uh, it, it other than that obviously positive takeaway, I think it's huge that the Lakers can now move forward in those no negotiations without that hanging over the conversation. I agree uh, a thousand percent. You and I disagree a lot. I do not disagree with you <laughs> at all on this. Yes. But but I think this is fascinating. And this is like a fascinating, I, I studied economics, um, which is basically how different entities figure out how they're going to try to come to some agreement on scarce resources. And so the right. reason this is fascinating to me is because I don't know how this impacts it. You're right. It, it, it removes that being held over the Lakers head. But I think there is a case to be made that this can push negotiations in either direction and oh, towards sure. either extreme, mm -hmm. because I think there's a case to be made that you could say, okay, the Lakers get to take a deep breath. They know that LeBron has committed and that can let them sit back and maybe not have to offer everything and wait for the the deal you know the right deal much like the situation at the all-star break last year or excuse me at the trade deadline last year that is that is a reasonable that that is a reasonable outcome a reasonable thought to have um after the lebron extension but i would also listen to an argument that says okay now you know you have at least these two years so god damn it you better do something I think that is a reasonable conclusion, too. So I am fascinated by, I think it pushes towards either extreme. I think it, get, it has to, and probably will, get the Lakers out of the middle ground. But I think there is a reasonable, like there's a reasonable argument for either path. And so I'm fine, I find that fascinating. Yeah, I, I, like I said, I don't, I don't really know. I don't think there is a way to know until we see more details once these negotiations are over, right? Like, this essentially to me, it means that we are one step closer, one very big, important step closer to an outcome here. Uh, either 
if you're like I said in the lowdown after uh, when I when I recorded the emergency lowdown after the negotiation was or the extension was was leaked, I said that this could either signal that uh, the Lakers were not able to move Russell Westbrook and conversations were not going anywhere, and LeBron w- was okay with that, and they are now moving forward as such, or it could mean that. Rob explained to LeBron what is in the works. LeBron signed off on that, and they are now ready to move forward with this extension. But the, regardless of which of those two paths this winds up being, I think we're one big step closer to either of those outcomes uh, coming to fruition. And look, as somebody who's getting ready to go on paternity leave, let's keep taking these giant steps. <laughs> let's just, let's get this done. <laughs> yeah. Well, also let's get this done because whatever it is going to be. Yeah. And look, you're the Lakers and every other NBA team, but we're talking about the Lakers. The Lakers are going to improve their team when they can period. So things can happen even like throughout the year, right. until the buyout deadline and the trade deadline where you're going to try to improve your team always. But you and I have talked about this a lot. I do agree that there are, you know, some inflection points, whether it's LeBron's mini camp or whether it's actual training camp started. And one of the very positive things about LeBron signing this extension, but also possibly one of the unintended consequences is it does really focus on if Russ is still on the roster when those things happen, uh, the both camps, it takes away the question of, hey, LeBron, are you going to be around? That's yeah. done so then really makes the it easier to take question, on long-term money and makes it easier to and you're yeah. only but you're only gonna have the, those questions and you know all the beat guys and uh and rightfully so and jim hill and McMiniman and and kyle like all of them they're going to ask and they should yeah and i'm going to ask and and everybody should ask okay well that's done so the only remaining question is russ so, yes, it does give a little – you can take a breath as an organization, and it, it removes the questions that we're going to be asked every day about LeBron and his future. But then it does kind of crystallize the, hey, Russ is still here. Is something happening with Russ? Yes, no, because that is going to be a question until the, until the trade deadline. If, if Russ is on the roster, that is going to be a question unless – you know, there's some great synergy that we didn't see last year and the Lakers are much better than they were last year and Russ is playing well and fitting. Unless that happens, if Russ is still on the roster, there are going to be questions every single day until the trade deadline about Russ. Yeah. So it does give some relief, but it also focuses on and crystallizes one topic. Right. Yeah. Like, like it essentially, yeah, you're right. Like another way to put it is it takes a topic away, right? If LeBron hadn't signed his extension heading into training camp, that'd be probably the top thing that people would be asking about. And then you would get to Russ. Now it's like, well, all right, this is done. And then there would be the conversation about is the reason you're not signing because of this, which is a whole other thing. Yeah. Uh, The other reason that I think it's really important that the Lakers figure this out, this being uh, Russell Westbrook and and wherever he winds up next or him sticking around, um, I think the Lakers need to find an outcome here Sooner rather than later, we talked about LeBron's little mini camp that he likes to do and, and how that would be kind of awkward. I think he would prefer not to have to invite Russell Westbrook or just know, like, all right, yeah, we're going to, you are going to be part of this trip and we're going to spend a yes, bunch of time I, working I think on he would, it. Yes, I think he would like clarity one way or another. And, yes. But the other, the other factor here that I don't think has been talked about quite yet with the schedule coming out just yesterday is 
the opening of the Lakers schedule is pretty brutal. Like it's not it's not easy right away. You go at Golden exactly right. You go at Golden State. You go uh, you play the Clippers, and then Portland's going to be bit better this year. You play at Denver, at Minnesota, who's also going to be better. You get Denver at home. You get New Orleans at home. Utah sucks, so that's not really going to matter. Cleveland um, was good last year. Uh, Utah again, and then you get the Clippers and the Kings. So like that opening stretch of the of, of the year, you see like three wins out of like ten games, three like surefire wins, and then you hope to split the rest of the tougher games. Like at the beginning of the year last year, the Lakers could kind of take their time and and figure things out on the fly, um, and they kind of sort of did, right? They tried out some dumb things. They started DeAndre Jordan. Uh, they kind of treaded water through a series of games that they probably should have looked more impressive in. That was like the first red flag that I started to realize, oh, these guys just might not be good this year. Got 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 beat up by OKC yeah, right. a couple times. <laughs> so yeah. like when when the Lakers went through that stretch as as meagerly as they did, I started to think, all right, yeah, they this just isn't gonna be their year. But this year they don't have time to kind of test the waters and ease their way into the season. It's tough right away. And that makes training camp that much more important. That makes this mini camp that LeBron puts on every year that much more important. Especially for a first time. Oh yeah. And new head coach. <laughs> oh yeah. By the way. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Especially for that. And, and, and also because of how last year went, like you don't want a repeat of, of last year, right. Where the first two games were home golden state and at Phoenix. Right. Uh, and, Phoenix had been coming off the uh, the the finals appearance and the Warriors. We didn't know the Warriors were going to be the Warriors again, but the Warriors looked like a good team. You start 0-2, and no matter what, that's going to raise questions. And again, right, it's Golden State, the champs, ring night, and then come home and the Clippers, and the Clippers have beaten the Lakers, you know, like 31 out of 38 times. And if you start 0-2, even if it's against, in my opinion, the two West favorites – then you start asking some questions, right? Even if it's their understandable losses. And depending on how the first 10 games go, that can start you on a negative spiral that that doesn't that you can't get out of. So, look, it doesn't matter. If the Lakers go 2-8 and eight in the first 10 games, the season's not over, but the pressure starts building. So I agree with you as it, as it relates to the roster and clarity on the roster and for Darvin Ham and LeBron and AD and whoever else is going to be there to be able to build some continuity so you can put your best foot forward early. I think that is very, very important. Yeah. I, I mean, and it's just nice to get headaches out of the way before they become migraines. Like that's, that's the analogy I always use in this kind of a situation where if you can avoid it, take your Excedrin early in the day and, and, you know, hope to have stuff figured out by the time you get to like noon and you don't lose the entirety of the day on a headache that you probably could have taken care of a little earlier. Just have a couple sips of Hennessy. That'll clear that right up. <laughs> that also. Yeah, just clear, <laughs> clear, clear your right up. You're good. I'm, I might, you know what? I might have to start playing some hardball with Hennessy. I'm not going to lie. Like we, we, we give them shouts out at least a few times every show we do that you ain't for lying. free you ain't lying. Like we, we need to we need to start saying you know unnamed cognac right fair. all right fair all right fair, fair. Okay. And, until fair. hennessy comes to the negotiating table all right I, you got it you got it you, you guys Un- you guys aren't getting free shouts out anymore Un- unnamed cognac is delicious <laughs> <laughs> rolls right off the tongue 
Um, all right. So I'm going to open this up. I'm going to start bringing people up on stage. I see we have uh, Fresh has requested. I will bring uh, Lakers Nation 777 on. Where are you? There you go. Um, and we, I, I'm going to start. We can get into Q&A here in a little bit. But I'm going to start by asking those uh, of you who are on the stage, like, if there are two options here, uh, two paths forward, essentially, and two takeaways from LeBron's extension, one being that, hey, he and Rob are on the same page and they know that something is going to get done here moving forward, or LeBron and Rob have now gotten on the same page and understand that uh, nothing was able to get done. Uh, does that, I'm, if, if, it's, if you think it's the more optimistic view of this, uh, what type of move do you think puts the Lakers back into title contention? Or if you think it's the more negative view of this, does that mean then that like the, the era of title contention with LeBron James is, is kind of sort of over? Cause I'm, I'm probably almost there if Russ is on, on the uh, team next year. So uh, fresh, I'll start with you. LeBron signs his extension. It seems like there are two paths ahead for, for how this is going to play out. Which do you think is more more likely? Do you think it's more likely that he, LeBron, and Rob Palenka have have come to an agreement and you know recognize something has to get done here, whatever that might be? Here's me doing you the favor of maybe helping with those negotiations by signing this extension, or do you think it's the the other scenario that maybe people might not want to acknowledge as much, where yeah, we couldn't get anything done. But do you really want to be on three teams in five years? Is that is that the way that you want to end your your career? So so fresh, I'll start with you. Which of those situations do you think this might be? Yeah. Um, first of all, what's up, guys? Miss chopping it with y'all. I don't miss the Lakers, but I miss talking to you guys. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I and I, I, I and I you fresh. Welcome back, brother. Miss you guys, man. But um, you know what? Honestly, I think it's more the latter. I don't think um LeBron's options outside of LA, like what what are the options? You know, go back to Cleveland and just all the storylines that come with that. I think he really likes being on the West Coast. You know, I think he has a lot of business opportunities and just the the weather and you know, just LA is a nice place to be. So I like to think that they did it to help negotiations. But I personally don't feel like LeBron like owes us anything. You know what I mean? Like I don't think, and I don't even think that's in LeBron's character to be like, like, oh, okay, I'm gonna do a favor for the Los Angeles Lakers because you guys, I don't know. So I feel like it's more so just, hey, look, I'm gonna be here for the next two years. What happens? I like how I like how. Hey, I'm gonna be here for the next two years, and then he just hangs up at the very thought of it. <laughs> Did it hang up? I'm sorry, I got a phone call. Fresh, hey, fresh, hey, just... brother. <laughs> Fresh brother, what's wrong with your Wi-Fi? Oh, I was gonna say you on you on that mint that mint mobile. Nah, we, we pay for our phone. <laughs> you got that that's that cilantro <laughs> mobile. We, we, we pay good money for phone service, brother. But uh, what was the last <laughs> might have to up those uh, up those payments? Well, yeah, or make sure? the payments. Yeah, are you sure, brother? Everybody can have a nice big bill, hey, but the important part is paying the I bill. Lost, I lost all the bets on the finals. So um, I'm <laughs> you, you on that you you on you on that oregano mobile? <laughs> What's the last thing you heard? What's the last thing you heard though, for real? Oh no, uh, no, I I I got it. Like you know, essentially that that you think it's the latter of the two. Aaron, I I I'm I'm 
one, I'm kind of surprised that the first person that we talked to actually looked at this in the more pessimistic way. You know, you, you I, I would have anticipated that I would have been alone and even pointing out that as an uh, that as an option here. But I would have thought after LeBron signs his extension, we would have gotten something as far as any kind of report on progress that the Lakers have made in these negotiations. Now, like you said, we aren't we aren't anywhere near any real deadline here to get any of this done. So that's worth pointing out. But were you kind of surprised at, well, I, I guess you know more than, than most of us, but were you kind of surprised at the lack of reporting surrounding the next step on LeBron's extension? Woj said essentially that like Rob has been working, but that was it. Yeah. I, no, I'm not surprised. And the reason is because LeBron uh, uh, Rob, Jeannie, Rich Paul, etc., are having conversations all the time. So even things that may not get leaked to us or even things that I may not know, there's conversations that are had. So, so none of this is done with a blind eye. LeBron has, this is what I told you two weeks ago, LeBron knows what's going on with the organization, with whatever trade talks are happening. He, he is up to date on all of that. Um, and Rob and Jeannie, we're up to date on LeBron's thinking. So I understand. I mean, I, I think it, that is a reasonable possibility, a reasonable conclusion to come to, but I think it's a positive thing no matter what, because LeBron is saying, I trust the direction of this franchise. I trust Rob. I trust Jeannie. Now I think it is also fair to point out that if LeBron had not signed his extension and left to go somewhere else and then theoretically wanted to line himself up with Bronny uh, being draft eligible, that he'd be on three teams in three years. And that does not seem like an ideal situation for LeBron. Doesn't seem like something he would want to do. Also, he has been very candid about how much he likes Los Angeles. He likes living here, how much he values being a Laker. He, as you mentioned earlier, has said he wants to retire a Laker. So, I understand that the options for LeBron weren't great. And that was part of the reason why everybody had so much confidence about him signing this one plus one, but it is a vote of confidence. Even if you say it's LeBron saying, I don't like my options and I don't know what's happening, but I don't like my options. Even that is still a vote of confidence. And so I think it is something to feel good about and feel positive about. Yeah. I just, even while like, essentially when I present to the two paths forward here, I, I do so because like I, I, this is just how I see this thing playing out, and it's it's yeah. one of two ways. Like either they trade him or they don't. Um, and and even while I obviously lean more pessimistic over the last few years, and for decent reason, I would I would argue, um, I I just find it really difficult to envision LeBron being okay with. Yeah, I'll just ride this out. You know, like. It's yeah, no, I don't. But here, I don't dis. I don't disagree with you. I, I don't disagree yeah. with you. And I and I would imagine you've just now painted your face and you're going in the closet to see if your torch still works and your pitchfork, so you can lead another protest at Staples. Yeah, it, it has yeah. been a little while, you know. Just, <laughs> but, here, but, but here's the thing. So here, here's what I would push. I want to push back a little bit when you said that if if Russell Westbrook is on the roster next year, that that kind of closes the championship window the Lakers and I don't think that's true at all because the Lakers will have 20 million dollars in cap space and then following that at this offseason 
um, and can do some things there. And then following that, it's just LeBron. And you could you could get there are ways that you could get up closer to max cap space. Not quite a max slot, but closer. Close. You could there is a way you could theoretically get ten million dollars off your books and get up to thirty ish million in cap space. There are some free agents next year. But the other issue is or the other thing at the following year, it is only LeBron and Anthony Davis on the books, and that is if they pick up their options. So and and the Lakers obviously have the, the first round picks. So I think there is definitely some flexibility. And one thing that we have noticed, the Lakers always get people. They always get guys. So I think there is the flexibility for one more run at this, even if the roster as it is now is the roster for the rest of the season. I don't think the championship window is closed. Yeah, I think it's over. <laughs> <laughs> I, did that whole, I had that whole thing where I offered them all these options and you're like, and no. <laughs> yeah. Well, all right. So here's my, here's my one concern here, right? The, the top concern that I have, even with that approach of like, well, we'll just kick the can down the road and we'll have max space next year, is that that is now – Three years of developing losing habits in the organization. You know, three years that the Lakers will have been mostly irrelevant in the title in, in title contention. And over that time, you know, Taylor Horton Tucker has has grown in that environment. What kind of like can can is he just like that player now? Is is he just used to losing at that point? Um, obviously, LeBron is is never going to be the kind of player who's like okay with losing, but. At that stage of his career, having spent this long out of the title picture, like what does that do for his ability to, to turn that light switch, you know, at, at that stage of his career? And, and, you know, AD is somebody who year in, year out for the last couple of years. Yes, it's been freak injuries and yes, it's been freak tweaks and stuff like that. And that's why I'm kind of hesitant to call him straight up injury uh, prone. But again, if, if he is a reason why the Lakers continue to kind of toil in mediocrity and now like you're hoping a single signing turns all of that around. And if that single signing is probably Kyrie next year, then I don't know. That doesn't seem like a title window that seems particularly sustainable to me. And wait, wait, uh, wait, 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 hold on. Wait, wait, yeah. wait, 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 wait. I can't mention, I'm not going to mention him by name, but if if we just discussed the Lakers possibly having not quite max space next year, but close uh -huh. enough, and if they were to sign that person that you just mentioned, is your premise of this season is we need to get him now because that is the closest you can get to a contender. Why does that not hold for next year? Well, for one thing, I'm not even positive that is necessarily true. Like I don't I don't know that. Kyrie put you back squarely into title contention. I don't know. I, I, no, 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 no. I didn't say that. I said the closest you can get. Yeah, I mean, you're right. That's the closest they can get, but I don't know if that's actually title contention. That's my response to your, your question. The second thing here is I'm not even positive Kyrie is the best path forward here. Like, the fact that the Lakers are, like, adamantly against, no, we are not going to give up two picks for the package coming out of Indiana, when that might be in terms of net positive, like that might be actually the smarter move to make here. So it's just like, it's once again, the same kind of issue that they keep running into where it's like stars are bust when they won a championship with two, two stars and a bunch of, uh, you know, flexible role players that can fit into various situations. And this idea that like, no, the only path forward that we see 
it's worth to include both of our first rounders is for this other star. Like that's not an organization that's really learning from its mistakes. So yeah, I think when you combine everything together and, and LeBron's age, 80s injury history, Kyrie's unpredictability and, and, and uh, the Lakers seeming to, you know, prioritize him over what might be a, a smarter move potentially moving forward like that. All of that makes me really nervous about what their title window looks like moving forward. Like, it, and and the other thing that needs to be pointed out here is there was zero accountability other than Frank Vogel for the mistakes that were made last offseason. And without accountability, you don't really see much learning from mistakes. And just like I just mentioned a second ago, it seems like a very comparable mistake that they're making here, ignoring the the solid role players for the star. And and yeah, when, when you combine all of that, I, I think. I think the the window is probably closed if they don't if they don't figure something out with Russell Westbrook this year. It it sucks, but I, I think that's just kind of the reality of the situation. Okay, so so to clarify this, mm-hmm. if 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 Russell Westbrook is traded, say for perhaps another point guard, <laughs> uh, then the window is open. But if they don't, and then get that same guy next year, then it's closed. A year later in LeBron's career, when LeBron is the reason that you're hoping to be con- uh, a contender and you're nearing LeBron entering a year 40 season. Yeah, I, I don't okay. think that's out of the- <laughs> I, No, look, you know, no, I understand. Like when you get to year 20, then 21. Yes, one year matters, even though LeBron is an alien and. Yeah. If there's one person, it doesn't matter for Tim. And I, I, I think that's also an interesting and possibly salient point about the two-star versus three-star model. I don't know how many stars you want to say the Warriors have. I mean, like one, probably one supernova guy and then kind of some other pieces. The Warriors mm-hmm. won the title. Milwaukee, I don't know where you put uh, where you put Chris Middleton, where you put Drew Holiday, but, you know, it's not like three superstar guys and then you know with toronto winning it before with the lakers you mentioned so yeah i think that is i think that is a a reasonable question although i would push back a little bit on the didn't learn any lessons because last year the roster all the minimum guys were names and old guys etc and Mm -hmm. there was a shift this year is it going to work i don't know but there was a lesson learned. The accountability, you could yeah. say, it was only Frank that got fired, sure. But there was a, it, there was a change of the path. There was a different decision, a, obviously a very conscious decision to go after youth, go after athleticism, go after guys that were going to play hard. I mean, no, 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 this roster still has deficiencies. I'm not going to like try to convince you otherwise. But there was a lesson learned. Will it be... A lesson, like, maybe yeah, not well, the the lesson that they needed to learn. I think, yeah, but is, yeah, but is, how, yeah, sure. But how much like, but how much flexibility do you have with one exception and a bunch of minimums? Right, you can only do so much with that. Well, the, the flexibility that's right in front of them is going in the direction of Indiana versus Kyrie. Like that, that is flexibility. But, okay, sure, but that is that is operating under the assumption that both deals are available to the Lakers and the Lakers. And the Lakers are just deciding, mm, not yet, or we like one or the other, right? Yeah. This, this is not done. It is not just as much as Lakers fans like to or sometimes actually believe this, that like the whole, entire NBA universe revolves around the Lakers and the Lakers whoa, just whoa, get Whoa, 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 whoa. This is, this is a spaces that, that is Lakers. How dare you, sir? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Lakers exceptionalism is a thing. 
Yeah. But it is not just the Lakers get to pick and choose like the entire the other twenty nine teams are just farm teams to use a baseball analogy. That that that's for you, Anna, because you don't understand baseball. That they're all just farm teams for the Lakers, and the Lakers just get to pick and choose who they want. Now, I do enjoy all the photoshops for every other player in the NBA in a Lakers jersey, but let's not just assume that right. The Lakers just get to pick and choose what deal they want. Right there, there are other forces at at play here. Yeah. Right. Although I again I, I take issue with saying that the the league isn't the, the Lakers farm system when the Orlando Magic exist. Right. That's like fair. <laughs> Shaq and then that's, Dwight. That's yeah. Uh, all I'm saying is like if those, for those of you who want to see the future of the Lakers, just pay a little extra attention to Paolo Vancaro. That's all I'm saying. Um all right, I'm gonna bring a few more people on here uh to either ask a question if you want to ask a question. You can give thoughts on on the Brooklyn deal versus the uh, versus the Indiana deal. I'm bringing Fresh back on here because Fresh, you don't pay your your internet bills apparently. Um, I'm going to start though. I'm going to start though fresh, with Fresh uh, with that Fresh with that Chive Wireless. Yeah, I, I we're going to have to like rename Fresh. He's, he's, he's <laughs> like kind of like moldy or, or old. <laughs> rather than fresh but i'm, I'm gonna use every herb by the time we get off to today <laughs> you're, you're, um, that's the all chef. right so uh fresh do you, do you have do you have a question you can ask anything we'll take this we'll take this in any direction that you want to go in i just gave you a hard man. time so i'll give i'll give you priority here no you guys are cool man honestly you know i like i honestly i fully agree with what you said about the lakers somehow being more eager to go after the three-star model when we won a championship with two stars and a whole bunch of really good role players, like if it's not broke, why fix it? And I, my question is, do you like the package at the jazz? I don't know if that's a real package or whatever, but I know it came up. It was like Malik Beasley, Patrick Beverly and Bogdanovich um, for the first round picks. I kind of prefer that one over the Indiana deal. I just want to know your opinion on that. Yeah. I know the reports so far have basically been that, uh, Utah would be giving up two players. I haven't heard that they would be giving up a third player in those picks. That's when, when I saw those reports. Actually, I, I basically said that I, I, if I'm the Lakers, I don't include both picks for only two of those players in return. I would actually try to go for Conley personally, um, so that you can basically say, well, look, he's an if if Russ is a negative contract, Conley with an additional year on his on his deal is is in that same ilk. So that maybe you can get away with only giving up the the one pick. You bring back Conley and Bogdanovich. That would be the direction that I would probably go in. I also don't hold like if for those who would be interested in Beasley, um, you know, being just a stone cold gunner like that. You know, that's well, I probably shouldn't use that in, re- in reference to to Beasley. My apologize, but but uh, but when it comes to when it comes to somebody who's just you know a a a. a one of the better floor spacers that the Lakers have had in recent years. Beasley makes a lot of sense there rather than, than Conley, but there you're probably giving up both of those picks and you'd hope for Beasley Bogdanovich and, and Beverly. I know that the Lakers I've heard on several occasions that uh, they are really interested in Patrick Beverly. I'm not positive if they're interested in trading for Beverly so much as they're interested in signing him after the jazz move everybody else. And if they don't find a suitor for Beverly, um, that's something I'm keeping an eye on. If you can get Beverly without giving up a first rounder and and maybe trade uh, a future second rounder or two and THT later in the season, maybe that's something you go in the direction of, but yeah, I think, 
Utah presents some interesting options here, and I think more importantly than any of the any of the the singular names, and this will allow Aaron to come back into the fold here. More importantly than any of the singular <laughs> names, I appreciate you. Yeah, uh, any you know, more importantly than any direction they can go in, and as it pertains to actual players, I think the most important thing here is that you can bring Utah as as a as a trade option back onto the table because the more options that you have the more valuable your assets become right and and don't get it wrong also especially especially with a team like utah where danny ainge has been essentially given carte blanche to uh, completely rebuild that organization with a situation with brooklyn where sean marks seems to be getting um an extension despite overseeing the complete dismantling of the brooklyn nets like for executives that have staying power those 27, 29 first rounders from the Lakers that are going to be post LeBron, those are hugely valuable assets. And, and I think it's smart that the Lakers would kind of wait it out until at least September to see, all right, let's, let's get Utah back into the fold here and see if somebody blinks when it comes to having to give up both first for somebody who isn't Kyrie Irving. I still think it's kind of ridiculous that, you're okay giving up two first for, for Kyrie, but you're not for Miles Turner and Buddy Heald. But I think you know we. This is just how the Lakers operate. But Aaron, do you think yeah. do you think Utah as as an option here lowers the price, or do you think we might have a situation here where all three potential trade partners kind of look at each other and say, "Don't you dare blink." I don't think Utah lowers the price for anything because they have just completed a trade where they got 147 first round picks for Rudy Gobert. <laughs> so, but that said, I think it is important. The more options you have, optionality is important, right? Because that gives you the opportunity to say, all right, I don't like what's happening over here. Well, we do have another option over here. So you got to do better or we're going with this other option. But I yeah. think the interesting and this gets back to what you were saying earlier. I think the an interesting question for the Lakers is and will be, uh, depending on, and, and it's not, again, it's not only up to the Lakers, but the, the, the next path forward, is it, if Russ is going to be traded, would you rather say, would you rather undo the Russ trade and say, okay, we're going to trade Russ for depth, right? For three or four, quality varying quality role players slash contributors slash rotation guys or do you say no we don't want to do that we want to go get a star again get somebody who is that damn good we just made a mistake with russ right do you want to go get one guy who fits better and is just frankly better at basketball than russ or do you want to say yeah we fucked this up trading three like good nba players for one superstar who didn't fit well or maybe isn't a superstar anymore. So I think that is an, it's an interesting fork in the road and decision point. Do you say we're going to run it back, but we think we have made a better bet on the fit in the one talent? Or do you say, eh, we would have been better off with Kuz and Montrez and KCP and like, you know, guys of that ilk and try to find more rotation guys. And uh, by the way, either path can work, but as I've said on the hook and other spaces, I, I think the three-star model can be the the three-star model has the highest ceiling. But if you're going to go with three stars, you better get the fit right, and you better have decent health. 
We have also found out that it probably has the lowest floor. <laughs> you know. Well, like, yeah. I mean, yeah. But but here's the other, yes, and that's because if you don't have if you don't have health or if you don't have fit, obviously the Lakers last year didn't have a great. It wasn't a great fit. But the Lakers also didn't it, like the health thing. But here's the other part of it. Yes, it has the lowest floor. But if LeBron and AD aren't healthy and don't aren't able to play seventy ish games and probably sixty of those combined. None of it matters anyway. You know, like you lose if those guys can't play, you lose. Period. Um, I'm. I think most people probably know how I lean on this, and I and and how I probably prefer depth. The one thing I'm going to say before I open this up to the forum here is that this is where LeBron signing signing his extension here is interesting because before, with the extension kind of hanging over every decision that they make, if you go to LeBron and say, "Hey," We have these two pads. Which of the which of these two pads, uh, you know, gets you to sign this extension? He probably chooses. I, I in fact, I, I I'm pretty damn positive on this. He probably picks the Kyrie option and kind of forces the Lakers' hand all over again, and 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 gets the Lakers to trade for a third star all over again. Um, that the, the fact that he has already signed that deal and doesn't have that leverage over the organization, I think is really interesting here uh, that he would give that leverage up all over again, given how frustrated he clearly was on the second half of last year, when because he didn't have leverage, the Lakers basically kind of sat out the trade deadline and said, yeah, we'll, we'll give this a go again in the summer when we have more assets to work with. I, I just think that's in terms of offering up context under which all these decisions are made, I think that's worth worth uh, acknowledging. But Stephen, I'm going to go to you and and ask you which would you rather do here? Would you rather do Kyrie Irving uh, and and the path that brings in a star and offers up more upside, or do you go with the path that the Lakers won a championship, which was two stars and a bunch of better role players than they currently have right now? What's up, Anthony? How you doing, brother? I'm doing good, man. How you doing? I'm doing great. First of all, I heard your question. You kind of screwed the pooch with what I wanted to say about LeBron because I wanted to respond to the stoner before, which I got about two hours and 20 minutes until I'm, I'm in his position. But <laughs> essentially, um, you, I know this you can guess what time yeah. I'm talking about. Yep. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm just thinking, like, you ever have you seen uh, Better Call Saul, the finale? I won't spoil anything. Yes, yeah. I'm not. No, no. Okay, I'm not. I'm not giving away anything. But this is speculation, pure speculation. So, Anthony, you'll understand that. I'm thinking of like um, the The Lakers are signing. They're they're going to trade for Saul. Holy. (laughs) Saul, good. No, no. Or I thought you were going to make a Russell Westbrook garbage uh, joke here, given given where Saul was found. That that could have also. No, 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 no. Right. And that's us in the garbage, brother. That's the <laughs> yeah. fan base. Sorry. Yep. Sorry to break it to you. But just if you look at, like, the succession model, like, you know, Braun's live in succession. Like, he's not going to give up any power whatsoever, I feel like. That's just the way that he rolls. But you never know. He could be hogtied. Um, for me, I'd say, honestly, probably – I'm just thinking about, like, dude, if you got two elite shot blockers, you got some offense, like, you can kind of fill things out. I mean – we can't be running out these dudes every single freaking night that who can maybe hit a three but can't play defense or dribble or play make or pass. Like, I, like we can't do that anymore, bro. 
So yeah. that's just kind of my thought process. But like Kyrie is Kyrie. I get it. Like whatever. Um, also, but anyways, I just want to say thanks, Anthony. You got me from uh, you, Pete, and Harrison got me from the 57 to the 5 to the 55 to the 405 to HB from Fullerton for many years. So I appreciate you. Even the 405 expansion, I needed you guys to come through on that. So <laughs> thank you. I, I thank appreciate you. that, man. Any, any Anything I can do to help with that LA traffic. I miss... I miss the ability to go out and 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 uh, get weed legally in California. I miss that. I miss that moving to Texas, but I do not miss the traffic from California. That is that has been a nice change. But um, Aaron, I want to I want to ask you because because Stephen made a, a a good point, an interesting one that I think is applicable here. That you know we've watched these playoffs, and I think teams have gotten better than they have ever been in any other era at finding weaknesses and just attacking and attacking and attacking that weakness, which makes, which makes it impossible to play. Like I don't, as, as much fun as Malik Monk was watching him play last year, he was the Lakers third best, third best player last year. I don't think he can play in the playoffs. You see guys like Rudy Gobert who are like statistically some of the best defensive presences that we have ever seen. And in the postseason, because these teams get really good at picking scabs, like that guy gets played off of the court. Um, whether it's because of the way he handles pick and roll or whether it's because of his inability to take advantage of his size on the other end of the court. I, I when when we talk about the the two paths that the Lakers could be taking here, I think one thing to always keep in mind is which path probably leads to to having fewer guys that you're relying on come postseason time that your opponent can just continue to pick at and pick at and pick at. So do you think that's something that that really factors in here as the Lakers head in, in, in whichever direction they, they, that they take? Uh, yes. I mean, it has to be, but there are guys that are considered superstars that get played. I mean, like yeah. Rudy Gobert is a superstar, right? And he's going to make right. 50 million at age 36, right? And his teammate, Carl Anthony Towns is a superstar. So, I mean, there are superstars that, don't get played off the floor because they're superstars or stars or whatever, but still their effectiveness is diminished incredibly during the, uh, during, uh, during the playoffs, because as you said, you get, you get a series, you get better offenses, you get better defenses, you get more time to coach and scheme. So yeah, it has to be a consideration, but I don't think like you can just assume that solid role players you know, you have two stars and solid role players as a better path for the playoffs because those solid role players can get played off the floor. Yeah, as Maybe. I was as I was making the point, I was thinking Heald would get played off the floor. Yeah, he, he would, sure. He, he's just as likely to get played off of the floor as anybody that the Lakers would be having, you know, bringing off of the bench if they if they have to play an additional role player that they currently have should they trade for Kyrie. So that's that's worth yeah, mentioning. So- but so I so I agree with you that that does it should be and I, it is I will tell you a consideration about all of all of these things, but I don't know that it gives too much insight into what is the better model, three stars or superstars versus two and solid role players because, like I don't care who the Lakers bring in other than Anthony Davis and LeBron James, there is a there is an argument that anybody can get played up like. Luca, who is Luca, is one of the best offensive players in the history of planet Earth, and in his prime, he was getting obliterated on defense throughout the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Everybody, like other than a handful well, it's a of people, of like, can everybody can get. 
Yeah, but everybody can get played off the floor, though. That's, like, not everybody, right? But, like, other than the handful of the best, however many people, the Nikola Jokic won the, the MVP the last two years. He was a disaster against the Warriors. They got destroyed because he couldn't guard anybody, right? They don't have the luxury of taking him off the floor because of how great and dominant he is, but that's what the playoffs is. So I don't know that that gives us any insight into what is the better model, I guess is the point. Well, fair. I, I think we should probably make it, you know, discern between getting played off of the floor defensively and being able to make up for it offensively. Like that's why Rudy Gobert struggles in the postseason is that he becomes a, a concern defensively and then doesn't make up for it on offense. Like you mentioned, Luca, he's a discern. He's a concern defensively. Jokic is a concern defensively, but both of those guys are so brilliant offensively that they can kind of make up for it on the other end. And, you know, I think that would be like, just like I mentioned, Buddy Heald, um, he will be a disaster wherever he is next season defensively, whether it's with the Lakers or he remains in Indiana. Wait, first of all, if he remains in Indiana, he ain't making a playoff. That's but, fair. But, but like <laughs> that, that brother, that brother is going to struggle on defense. Yes. And, but like, if he's, if he's with the Lakers though, he can make up for it offensively with the space that he offers up to LeBron and Anthony Davis, because teams really have to care about him shooting. So, yeah, like I, I think all of this – and look, the Lakers, they're trying to retrofit a roster right now. They had the the periphery portion of their offseason. They did that first, and now they're trying to figure out the protein part of their offseason now, and that's really difficult to do. <laughs> that's, <laughs> you said they got, all, they got all the side dishes, huh? Right. They got – they have they have the the potato salad. They have the beans and all of that. Now they're trying to figure out like, oh, shit, did, did anybody get brisket? Like did did anybody who got Anthony? Who got the Anthony, does 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 the white portion of you force raisins in the potato salad? I'm seeing no, if you got to be I, invited I, to the next barbecue. I'm gonna I'm gonna say this, acknowledging I'm gonna get roasted for it. But potato salad is foul. I potato cannot. salad is disgusting. No, I don't I don't eat that. No, no potato because mayonnaise is disgusting. I don't yeah, eat potato yeah. salad. I'll I'm make not, a German potato salad now. Some dill and some vinaigrette, mustard. Yeah, yeah. but no mayonnaise. Yeah, and potato the, salad's like, awful. It's the warm. It's the, it's the cold potatoes part of it. Like the texture of cold potatoes gets me. I I can't do it. I I just I, that is not something I'm I'm particularly interested in. But if I, mean, I was I've, interested, I've, I've in, loved in, you for a long time. But you just you just went up notches in my book. <laughs> and 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 yeah, like if I was a potato salad guy, I would not have raisins in my. I'm I'm look. I sound white. I look white. But there there is Mexican in me. Like there, I am more Mexican than I am white, and and raisins and potato salad get you thrown in the pool. Like the, that would that would immediately you were never allowed to cook at the at the uh, at the cookout or the barbecue ever again. Um, Annie, I'm going to go to you. You can either ask a question or you can go into whether you would go in the direction of of Kyrie or um, the the role player route. Um, hey guys, thank you for having me on. Um, so. You know, I've I've been listening and I've been uh, you know uh, you know reading reports and stuff over the past you know whatever months of um, of the Kyrie trade and everything and um, you know I I think Kyrie obviously is, is is someone that you know changes the whole outlook of the team and gives us what we really need in terms of you know uh, the shooting and you know the scoring that we really need and really complements. Adrian LeBron, uh, you know, offensively, 
um but i mean i i honestly really really think that uh the first priority no matter what is to ensure that um uh, we have pieces that surround uh adian lebron uh defensively as well as with the shooting because you, if if they're healthy which i think people are expecting them to play 60 65 games and ad to have a like he's due for a healthy season i think we can all agree and you know from what we're hearing from uh, everyone saying that he's having one of the uh the greatest off seasons he's ever had um if he's not surrounded if ad and lebron are not surrounded by guys that can play defense consistently and guys that can you know shoot shoot the ball consistently because they're going to be they're going to have like 10 12 open shots a game i mean probably more with just kickouts because of the gravity of ad and lebron so if you're going to have guys like troy brown junior who can who can barely shoot but are there for their defense or like you know uh, like Stan, like i really like sandy johnson i love the way he plays like i love what he did last year but he's 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 not a guy you want uh, in your rotation as you know a sixth man or a seventh man if if he's your sixth man or seventh man there's something there's something really wrong in your in your in your lineup and that's yeah. not a winning team like i'm really sorry but that that's not a winning team Stan- so, Stanley looked really good last year when he was being compared to like the defense that Kent Bazemore and Carmelo Anthony and those guys were playing. Like a lot of the, yeah. I, I even say I I get a lot of flack for saying this about Austin Reeves too. Like bright points of last season are only bright because they're compared to the you know to the darkness around them. <laughs> they don't they I don't think Austin Reeves would have played on a playoff team last year. I know for a fact that I I I doubt that that Malik Monk would have played on it and Stanley Johnson wouldn't have been on a, on a in a postseason ro- uh, rotation last year. Now maybe those guys take steps forward this year. Um maybe Reeves fills out a little bit and he doesn't get knocked off of the ball as easily as he did. Um maybe Stanley Johnson shoots a little better than he did last year and and we're talking about kind of different players but yeah the 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 guys that the Lakers had last year there were two playoff players on the Lakers roster last season they were LeBron and AD that was it that, yeah, there was yeah. nobody else there yeah and, and i think the the as we've seen in the playoffs this year the wings are the guys that win you the playoffs like you can have some guy that shoots 45% but if he can't play defense like you can have a 6 for 8 guy you can have you know you can have you can have a guy that's like blazing it from downtown but he's going to get picked he's going to get picked off every single time when when a Steph is coming down the floor when a Luka is coming down the floor then what are you going to do like he's going to drop 50 on you he's going to drop 60 on you then you you're going to you, like you need guys that can do both things and that's where you know that that moves the needle like having a guy that can just shoot lights out doesn't move the needle and uh, that's why I, Personally, I feel I'm I'm more inclined towards the uh, the Depth. the pacer trade if if you know if that's something that the if, if the front office thinks is a viable option. I think Buddy Hill, like you know, we went we were going for him when we like last instead of Russ, and I think you know a lot of stuff has been said about him on Twitter about you know how he's not a good player and you know how he can get picked off you know defensively and things like that, but. You know things change when around LeBron and AD. Like we've seen, like look at look at Malik Monk. Look at the contact he's gotten now versus like if you if you talk, if you ask any front office about Malik Monk last year, they'd be like, eh, he's a guy who can like, uh, who we think can be a tenth man 
on on an average team and like you know can can have one uh like really good game in 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 a season but now like he's he's probably going to be a six man for the kings which are shaping up to be a pretty like you know decent team uh you know all things considered so you know things change when around lebron and ad and you know if you can get milestone with ad that's probably one of the best combinations you can put next to ad yeah. so I, i personally like as much as kyrie moves the needle and as much as kyrie does for the lakers i i personally think you know milestone and buddy heel would you know amplify and and reduce the weaknesses we have because we're going to give up some sort of depth to get them right like you know i mean i'm not talking about ras i'm talking about you know tht but i'm talking about none and you know we haven't seen tht play at the level we think he can play but you know it's still he wasn't even good at be drew league like he, tht didn't even <laughs> he, he like kind of blended in at drew league that wasn't great <laughs> yeah it, i mean we're going to, but you know we're still we're going to end up playing you know what we're going to we're going to end up playing you know again Troy Brown Jr and uh, Juan Toscano Anderson who again I'm not saying they aren't they can't be good players but you know I I personally don't think that that's a good good enough playoff rotation even even if you know you know it, and that's if everything goes right like if everything goes right if LeBron and AD play 65 70 games and if they they're at you know the level they were playing at before you know the 2020 level they were playing at so you know and assuming kyrie is kyrie and not you know that meta version of kyrie that we've seen over the past two years so yeah uh, that's just my opinion but you know yeah you know uh, thank you for having me here guys oh uh, yeah thank thank you for the uh, for the input on uh, is it any or any uh, anything's fine honestly anything is fine i'm sorry yeah i, I apologize, <laughs> I apologize. Um, aaron uh, is is I, you mentioned that you hate mayonnaise. Does that mean you don't like? Uh, does that mean you don't like what's the coleslaw? You don't like coleslaw either. I, I make a cold. No, I do not. I make a coleslaw that uh, with vinaigrette, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That does not have. It's mayonnaise. so much better that way. Yep, yep. With my fried yeah. chicken sandwiches. Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, that is yep. everybody listening. Like, if you start doing your 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 coleslaw without mayonnaise and you and you put like a different kind of vinaigrette in there, that's that's the way to go. And it doesn't get as soggy either, which is which is even better. Um all right unless anybody well what you know what we'll do one we'll do one round of like lightning quick questions if you guys have any questions so I'll add uh Gamboa uh 90 you will be added Richard I will add you and uh Rudy and Tony I will add you guys as well uh let's see Gamboa I'll let you start with with do you have do you have a question for either me or Aaron and and you can ask about anything. We we've been talking about barbecue I'm starving. Uh so maybe you know t- stay away from that cuz I might have to cut this thing short to go eat. But uh anything anything you want to ask about? I could ask a question, right? Yeah. Uh I wanted yeah, to ask you it. guys with Kyrie uh on the Lakers, do you think we could be top 4? uh top 3 where would you say we're at top 3 in the west or top 4 because you know we know Denver's back we know the Clippers are there Golden State's there with Kyrie there and let's say we get Patrick Beverly without having to trade anybody for him we could pick him up if he's uh bought out you put Beverly on defense at the 2 Kyrie at the 1 the best guard we've had since Kobe Bryant and you know LeBron and AD that's a pretty damn good lineup but where do you guys project that could be if the guy if lebron and ad are able to play 64 games uh, 
Top four is tough. The, the West is going to be brutal this year. I, I would probably, I think, I think the way that I would kind of look at this season for no matter what direction that the Lakers take here is, and, and uh, Richard, if you don't mind muting so that we, uh, your, your dogs are kind of going crazy in the background there. But um, if, if we could look at it, the, this season through this prism, I think this will kind of have the most realistic expectations and it's that like the, the, the regular season, there's going to be, it's going to be better than last year. The, the type of basketball, the brand of basketball is going to be significantly better, but you're probably going to see like a, I would probably be hoping for like a six or a seven seed uh, for the Lakers. And then from there, do you, do you become one of those teams that nobody wants to face in the playoffs? Like that's, that I think is the most realistic outcome and probably highest expectations I would, I would tell anybody to have for this Lakers season. Aaron, and, uh, did, so, is, does that sound a right art for you? Or do you think you can, I think, I do you think, think I like think, top four is, is, is a possibility? I think, I think now the question was assuming, you know, maybe not a plus health for LeBron and AD, but a minus B plus De- health for health. LeBron. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, if that's the case, I think even as currently constructed, the Lakers are probably better than the play-in teams. If you are going to give the two guards that he mentioned, I think it is very reasonable to say that the Lakers should be a top four seed. Right now, right now, in my opinion, the top four seeds are um, in whatever order, the Warriors, the Clippers, the Nuggets, and I think Minnesota is going to be a top four seed because I think they're going to be really good in the regular season. I think they lose in the first round of the playoffs. Um, but if you put, if you give the Lakers the two guards that, that he mentioned, I think it is reasonable to have the Lakers in that, that mix. Absolutely. Assuming good health. All right. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I just, I, I can't get myself to really care about seating so much as I really care about LeBron and AD being healthy at the, at the uh, in the playoffs, uh, Tony. I'm going to go to Tony here. Um, uh, do Do you have a question? Um, I appreciate the call up. Um, yes, I do have a question. Um, what? So, if you were the GM, if you were, uh, you know, what would be the best asset management, or at least the best move for the Lakers, even pre LeBron signing or post LeBron signing? Uh, I mean, the best would be like trading THT for Kevin Durant, but um, yeah, like like well, I mean, I mean the the realistic options. Yeah, I mean, I'm not I'm not talking about the the fan aspect because hey, I, I'll I'll take KD for 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 none. But <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I mean, like realistically speaking, I think if you could if you can go to to Brooklyn and you can offer up Russ THT and those two first round picks, 2027 and 2029. And you can get back Kyrie and Joe Harris and Seth Curry, uh, then that is the best and closest to realistic option that the Lakers have here. Um, I don't think it's necessarily all that realistic because I think Curry would get more than Russ in those two first round picks by himself. Like, yeah, I, I think Curry is probably worth than worth more than a first uh, by himself. And given that Brooklyn is trying to convince themselves that they're going to be competitive this year, he is a player who helps you remain competitive. But if you can get, you know, if you can move Russ and get Kyrie and something, 
uh, I think that is that is probably the best path here. The, the the concern I've always had is, you know, looking at the Indiana trade or the Utah trade where you're getting multiple pieces back and comparing that to just getting Kyrie back, that one makes me a little nervous. But if you can get Kyrie and something for Russ in those two first, then then I think that's the that's the move here. Um, let's go Un, to un, unnamed cognac is delicious. <laughs> <laughs> See, that sounds way better. Hennessy, get at me. Yeah, I, I'm, I would be more than happy to bring uh, that saying back to the show. I would even start making T-shirts. Great. I was just, I just got a call. Um, all right, we have we have exceeded an hour. I am going to cut this thing here and and uh, chop it up and put it up on the pod feed. So thank you guys a ton for tuning in. Apologies again for for the erratic nature of when we're doing these things. It's that time of year. And with Jen expecting, it has been kind of tough to to nail down a time. Um, But I'm going to try to start doing these on a more regular basis moving forward, uh, especially after I get back from paternity leave. Until then, thank you very much, Aaron, for hopping.